Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast. Well, I definitely love the utilization and identification of ego. Uh, in order to facilitate either the motivation or inspiration that all of us need and to accelerate towards what we want. But my biggest takeaway of the week was about defining moments and inflection points. And it was stimulated by Tim Story, who told me that uh, we nurse it, curse it, and rehearse it. And I started looking at 
where that comes from and where it comes from is these inflection points defining moments of our past and you know that i always reconcile jake time into everything and time is infinite in the past it's restricted or limited by 24 hours in the present uh, which is a collective uh, limitation for earth for all of us here but then it's unlimited in the future uh, knowing that the only limitation in the future because there's no defined moments or inflection points the only limitation is the meaning that we give the defined moments or inflection points in other words we are the only limitations of our future therefore I had a takeaway about those defining moments and inflection points in my past and the meaning we give it because that meaning uh, is the limitation uh, that we give ourselves. And it takes time uh, to change the meaning. Um, but if we can identify the defining moments, if we can identify the inflection points that are most important to us, and give it the meaning that we want. And I'll give you a quick example, Jake. Uh, you know, I lost over $100 million in 2008. I lost everything. And at that time, when I had to go walk over to my mom's house and tell her, well, the only reason I wanted to be rich was to buy her a house and a car. She had raised six kids, worked two jobs, uh, and just watching her had given me uh, the idea of the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. But as I walked over to her house to tell her that I had lost everything, including her house, uh, because I forgot to take her house out of my name, uh, the meaning I gave that at that time was not the meaning that it has today. It's not the meaning that has allowed me uh, to accelerate a trajectory of a greater potential than I ever imagined for myself. It allowed me to shift a paradigm uh, from uh, one of living in a world of just enough for me, giving to receive in a trade and negotiation in a literally scarce world of just enough of zero sum into this world of more than enough. And so the meaning that I give what at that time was the worst day of my life now is one of the best days of my life. And as I celebrate my 25th anniversary and my wife's birthday today, I think about the meaning that I gave that moment that my wife saved my life, that that saved my life, that instead of buying things I don't need to impress people I don't like, I now understand abundance. I understand that I need to receive to give and that appreciation of everything I have stems from the ability to add value to it. And acknowledgement is simply acquiring the knowledge of what I had. Therefore, when I lose it, when it's manipulated, cheated or stolen from me, it's actually and can be more valuable because if I find the light, the love and the lessons in it, then giving it away. But none of it, acquires its true potential unless I ask for more. I ask for more in a trajectory of what I think I want in the future, willing to have an open mind and open heart and open hands to change that mind, my heart and my hands according to the meaning that I give those defined moments and inflection points. And I want everyone to take that away and to think about the most important defining moments in your life and the inflection points in your life what meaning are you giving it? Are you nursing it? Are you cursing it? And what rehearsing are you doing? Are you rehearsing a positive aligned trajectory to what you think you want? 
or are you rehearsing a victimization and interference between you and what you think you want? That's my takeaway for the day, Jake. I'm sure we have a lot of people lined up and to see uh, and learn their takeaways. They get such great exposure. I use this as an aggregate, a repository to gather the best pieces of nuggets and lessons that we've learned during the week. Who do you got up next to give us their takeaway, Jake? First, a very special guest, Dave. It's actually your daughter, Marissa, joined. So, Marissa, welcome to the room and happy. Uh, I'd like to share your takeaway. Happy birthday, you. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Dad, really smooth, happy- Jake. I think Jake's hungover from being in Nashville. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, probably. I hope you're having a good time in Nashville, Jake. And um, congratulations to your sister. Dad, happy anniversary. I love you. Good morning. Um, my takeaway of the week is to give intention or make an intention board versus a vision board to define not only what I want, but, um, how I'm going to get there. I love it, Marissa. And, uh, you know, my favorite mathematical equation of luck is not only what we pay attention to what's pictured on our vision boards, uh, but what we give the five levels of intention to. So when we put up a house that we want on our vision board, like John Asroff did in Del Mar years and years ago as portrayed in The Secret, he also gave it five levels of intention. He called it the law of Goya, get off your ass, G-O-Y-A, because he started to do everything in order to get that house. He started to say everything aligned with getting that house. He started thinking everything aligned with getting that house. He started believing in line with what he wanted in that house. And belief is a quantitative analysis of how long are you spending interfering with your belief? If you can quantify, is it minutes and moments, days, weeks, months, or years that you're interfering with what you intend, what you want, through what you do say, think, and believe, you will clear the interference, and I spell interference, I-N-T-E-R-F-E-A-R, fearance, what you're doing to interfere with that inspiration, that feeling of connectedness, that abundance, that infinite feeling of being in the flow where you can not only manifest what you desire rapidly and accurately, but also be intuitive, intellectual, and inspired along the way. Marissa, I'm glad uh, you are uh, learning as you join us. Thank you so much for taking the time. Call your mom. I know you probably already have. And I called her, her first thing this morning and woke her up. <laughs> nice. All right. But well, yes, I love you. She, she appreciates that more than anything. I love you, Marissa. That's my daughter, Marissa, my oldest daughter, who lives in New York City and uh, is growing. And I'm so proud of her. I love her. And I always have her back. Anyway, Jake, reset the room. Let's get some more takeaways for the day. Let's do it. Thank you, Marissa, for joining today. This is the Breakfast with Champions, 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Welcome, everybody. We are in the Breakfast with Champions, the best room here on Clubhouse. Thank you all for joining. Today's topic is your takeaway of the day, takeaway of the week. So if you'd like to share, just back channel me or raise your hand here and we will aim to bring you up. Also, if you have any questions, don't get a chance to ask today. Just email david, david at dmelter.com. David at dmelter.com. Let's also take a quick second here. Use the share button at the bottom. Also use the chat as well. Let's share this out with your friends, family, the whole community. We're really creating uh, the best community here on Clubhouse and the Breakfast with Champions. So Dave, if you're okay with it, should we bring up some more takeaways? I would love that. Let's do it. Amazing. Let's bring up uh, Limitless Siga. Siga, if you can unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. 
Good morning. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, David Melser, and happy 25th anniversary to you and Julie. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always excited, of course, to be in your presence. I have to say that all the time just because where you vibrate, the street you live in. One of the things I have taken away that has really impressed upon me um, being around you and going through some of your group coaching is when you talk about the partnership and the journey of your love with Julie, especially impacting me was when you talked about how she made you better, helped you to become the highest, truest expression of yourself, especially when you were facing challenges. My question to you, Dave, is how do we balance, of course, the need, like Amelia always says, to focus on you and how you feel and how you need to grow and be responsible and accountable for going through your challenges, but also balancing it with having a partner around you who challenges. Oh, a beautiful question. And it really stems from uh, another takeaway, which is the evolution of accountability. Uh, accountability started for me in a Covey-esque uh, effective habit. Accountability, as Covey teaches, is responsibility. And responsibility is how able am I to respond? Uh, and in what direction do I respond? Do I respond in blame? Do I respond in shame? Do I respond in justification? What is my response ability? Uh, and then for me, it evolved you know, through the participation I've had in the Transformational Leadership Council and all the work I do with the Law of Gravity, the Law of Goya, and the Law of Attraction. It was, what did I do to attract this to myself, this challenge, this setback, this failure, this lesson, and what am I supposed to learn from it? And I sat in that evolution from responsibility to this idea of attraction and living above the line, not in blame, shame, justification, but above the line, asking myself, what did I do to attract it to myself? But one of the aspects that I learned through that is, you know, what happens, you know, to things, traumas that happen to us as, as children. And, you know, I had the uh, fortunate and unfortunate uh, uh, life experience of, of being abused when I was nine years old. And I as I got older, said, well, what did I do to attract that to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? And that's been the crux of my new evolutionary meaning of accountability and where it falls into the context of my own accountability, but also of other people, individual people, not challenging me with challenges. My not only responsibility, not only my attracting, but more importantly, what am I doing to participate in my perception and other people's perception and what am I supposed to learn from it? For me, it's a lot more abundant and uh, constructive in its nature to think about when my wife tells me she's leaving me years and years ago that I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become or else I was going to die in her opinion. I ask myself, what am I doing to participate in that perception? What am I doing to participate in my perception of that? 
and what am I supposed to learn from it? You see, when people give us yes for an answer, there's very few lessons to be learned when people are kissing your butt. But when somebody challenges you or the universe or source challenges you by giving you an obstacle, a setback, a mistake, a failure, a void, a shortage, resistance, interference, and we ask ourselves, what am I doing to participate in other people's perception? And what am I doing to participate in mine? And when we do that and search and seek now for the lessons, the light and the love in it, we accelerate, grow and exponentially compound on our trajectory towards what we think we want when we utilize the subtle distinction of participation in a perception, not attraction and not responsibility. All kind of are subcategorized within the context of participating in perception, but yet in the end, it is our perception, our meaning of the failure setbacks, of those inflection points and defining moments that will make our journey, our message, right? Our life is our message. It's the messages we receive and the messages we give. That is our journey. And I find that that ability to be accountable in the participation in perception has been the most uh, productive and positive way to experience the lessons instead of blame, shame, and justification. Does that sound fair? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, That's Coach good. Macho. <laughs> right on, man. Hey, Jake, <laughs> why don't we bring up the next guest? <laughs> awesome. Coach Macho, do you want to share your takeaway of the week? See you just joined. Uh, yeah, um, my takeaway for the week is uh, I'm just – um, gratitude, focusing on what you're grateful for. And, um, I mean, that's helped me lift myself out of some tough situations that I've been in. So just being grateful. Love it. Gratitude's always a great takeaway, uh, in the idea that it's the fastest and easiest and least expensive way to change your life simply by saying thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. It is proven metaphysically, quantum physically, physically to change your life. And it's amazing what comes before gratitude, though, is that idea of coherence, the ability to remember to say thank you, recollect to say thank you, remind in gratitude and actually do it. Uh, I think that's the hardest part. It's not the believability of gratitude being so powerful because it takes 0.1 seconds and it's free. It's more importantly the habit forming machine of coherence to say, uh, you know, can I remember to say thank you in the most challenging times? And can I remember it in the easiest times, like when I go to bed and when I wake up to have that aggregate effect, that exponential impact. So uh, always gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration up there on the golden nugget charts of takeaways. All right, Jake, uh, who do we got next? Perfect. Yes, the golden nugget charts of takeaways. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Just want to quickly uh, reshare uh, re and, and uh, reset the room here. If you have any takeaways of the week, everybody, that you'd like to share, just back channel me or raise your hand and we will aim to bring you up. We are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Power Hour with David Meltzer. And today's topic is takeaway of the week. So if anyone would like to share, just let me know. And let's continue to share the room. Share the room in text. Share the room on Clubhouse. Share the room wherever and whenever. So thank you very much, all. So let's bring up next uh, Christina Madrigal. Christina, if you can unmute yourself and welcome to the clubhouse. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. Um, so much to celebrate today. Congratulations, David, and um, happy birthday to uh, to your wife. So, um, thank you. <laughs> so, so I just love y'all so much. Um, so, my takeaway of the week is um, I, I will do my best not to break down and cry, but um, my dog passed, um, as you know, about four, a little over four months ago, and um, I've been really struggling and. Um, one of my daily values, as is yours, is forgiveness. And um, I was having a really hard time um, forgiving myself. And I didn't realize that until this past week when um, I, I I felt guilty for, I should have known this, should have known that, or what have you. And um, just the knowledge and the awareness that I was like beating myself up and being hard on myself for, for just out of pain, I guess, but I'm um, really forgiving myself. And uh, it's a process and a practice and it's gonna take a little while, but um, I just am grateful that I was, uh, that, I, that, I, that I started that, that journey of forgiving myself in that way. So I can enjoy his memory and make it, um, you know, a good thing that he was in my life for so long. So thank you <laughs> and the team for helping Aww. me through the process. Well, it is process. It is process and it is progression. And I have a little frame framing trick to add to your takeaway. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit, uh, you know, more construct in its nature. Um, but, you know, in life, when I'm forgiving myself and processing and practicing and progressing that forgiveness towards uh, what I hope is potential or perfection, uh, which I know is an infinite journey, um, I use a simple framework and say to myself, who do I love the most in my life? My wife, my mom, my children. And, you know, how many effed up things have I done to them? I stole money out of my mom's purse when I was 11. That's a pretty shitty thing to do. Uh, but yet I love my mom so much. Without her, I would not have everything that I have. Uh, you know, anyone that's been married, I'm sure you have a long litany of terrible things that you've done to the most important person in your wife, even if you've been happily married for 25 years, uh, and our children, right? Unintentionally and intentionally, how many effed up things, right? I used to say about Marissa, who was on here first with her takeaway, she won't need a scholarship to college because academically she has great capability, but uh, she'll need a therapy fund for all the effed up things uh, that I put her through. And guilt is an ego-based consciousness that goes along with that, especially when we care for those people or dogs or cats or fish that we love so much. But in the end, Christina, we are imperfect people on the pursuit of a perfect journey, imperfect, beyond measure. And in order to facilitate being happy in the reality of being imperfect, there's only one tool, one capability that allows us to continue on for the better, and it's forgiveness. And there's only one person that we need to forgive when we have the need to be guilty or offended or resentful or separate, inferior, superior, angry, anxious, sad, all the feelings that we have. There's only one mechanism, forgiveness. Forgiveness. When we stop and we drop and we forgive, it allows us to recollect, remind, and remember what it is that we want in a trajectory towards that, in the pursuit of our potential and our perfection. 
And so by utilizing forgiveness, we can get there faster. My only suggestion in your journey, in your progress, in your pursuit of your perfection and your potential is that you should only spend minutes and moments. It shouldn't take four months. We can go ahead and practice this expertise of forgiveness and move on. Learning the light, the love, and the lesson, seeking what we want in the relationship, but knowing you are an imperfect being on the pursuit of a perfect journey. Remember, you are an imperfect being, just like me, just like everyone else, the hundreds of people listening in and the thousands of people on the webinar listening in. We're all imperfect in the pursuit of a perfect journey. And the only way we get there faster, more accurately, in a trajectory aligned with synergistic or supplementary to what we think we want in that pursuit is forgiveness and keep on practicing that forgiveness. I adore you, I love you, and I appreciate your imperfection, and I also appreciate your pursuit. Thank you for your well wishes, and I know that you will heal quickly by forgiving yourself. Thank you so much. I love y'all too, thank you. <laughs> love you, thank you, be happy. Here we go, seek and find what you loved in that relationship. All right, Jake, let's bring it up a notch and uh, take on some more takeaways of the week. Sure will. And we love you so much, Christina. We are here for you. So let's bring up uh, Dr. Roshanak. Dr. Roshanak, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the clubhouse. Hi, thank you so much. Hi, this is Dr. Roshanak Hashimian, founder of Access to the Path. And what I do is help people to overcome their challenges and to live their best life. And I like to practice what I preach. So this last week, I fell apart. And I thought, well, this is no good. How am I going to be able to lead people um, to show them how they can develop into doing their best when I am not doing mine? And what I discovered is that when things are challenging and the more they seem to be coming apart, the more that's the level of your emotional response. So as things fall apart, your emotional response is a reflection of how much you're relinquishing your power. It speaks to your resignation, which is different than acceptance, that expresses as inaction and distraction. It's the classic emotional hijack. So people are always looking to have control. They want to get control over a situation. There is no such thing as control. There are so many parameters that we don't control, but we have power. And we give up that power so easily, fighting for scraps of control. And when we find that things are starting to spin out and we say, oh, well, I don't have control and all these other things are happening to us, we, we aren't helpless. We get to define how to move forward. My car may be going into a tailspin because of the weather. I don't control the weather, but I can put my hands on the steering wheel and with knowledge and the strategies and the experience or all of those things, know how to take that car out of this tailspin or just give up and have that car keep going or fight it, which makes it worse. So in coming into a place where you start to find yourself more and more lost, hopeless, helpless, what you need to realize is that is you saying, I don't have any power, my God-given right. And instead step into it and say, I see what I'm doing. I'm giving up my power. What can I do with what I have? What would I do if I were giving advice to my friend with the cards that life is dealing her or him. So I think it's so important to understand that we go into inaction and distraction. It's a reflection of our resignation and that 
our emotional response is telling us that we've relinquished our power and to come and step back into it and take one step, just one, to go and move into a direction that you would want to pull yourself out of the tailspin. Thank you. What a great takeaway and reflective of, you know, the laws of one, uh, knowing the law of gravity that we're exactly where we're supposed to be. I uh, see if we have that uh, cognizant realization that we're exactly where we're supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time where faith is our control, faith knowing that there's something bigger than us, uh, something bigger than us, however you define it, that loves you more uh, than your mom, then you're always in the process of protection and promotion uh, to a better situation, a better circumstance, a better place. Uh, and then after the law of uh, gravity, then comes that law of Goya, like you said, that, you know, this action, get off your ass and utilize attention and intention, do say, think, believe and feel in a trajectory towards what you think you want, being open-minded, open-hearted and open-handed to change your mind, your heart and your hands towards that trajectory. And then of course, the law of allowance and that law of allowance or attraction uh, allows us to understand I need to identify that which is interfering with my faith. That's the interfering with my omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent source that loves me more than my mom that is protecting and promoting me, even though I don't understand the challenges, setbacks, and failures and mistakes. The pain is simply just an indicator that I have a better place to be, a better position to be in, a better situation to be in. And I just have to seek the lessons by identifying that pain, failure, setback, and mistake. And instead of, as you suggest, resisting it, going over it, under it, through it, around it, lying to it, manipulating it, cheating it, and even denying it, simply stop and breathe through your nose and out through your mouth and remember and remind and recollect with that great source the law of gravity, that you're exactly where you're supposed to be, the law of Goya to put you into attention plus intention to create those coincidences that will be better for you in protection and promotion. And of course, the control, the power and the ease from the dis-ease you put yourself in, the ease of the law of allowance, that if I'm connected to and through the greatest source, the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, and it does love me more than my mom, then I'm living in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone. And this overwhelmed feeling that I have is simply my lack of capacity to understand how linear time and infinite time reconcile with each other in this man-made constructed 24 hours I've been given today to utilize and change the meanings of the inflection points and define moments of the past to accelerate my trajectory to the infinite future that is just within the context of my own perception, my own limitlessness, uh, my own infinite ideas and imagination uh, that is timeless and infinite in nature. What a genius, what a great takeaway, something I study every day, uh, utilizing different vernacular and vocabulary, but aligned completely with the understanding of we give meaning to everything you see and you cannot give meaning to anything outside of us. It comes from within. We are projectors. That's what our eyes do. They project, believe it or not. Thank you so, so much for that enlightening nuggets. Uh, I love it. Jake, why don't you reset the room and uh, we'll see what's up next.
Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you, Christina, Marissa, Limitless Sega, everybody for joining uh, to share their uh, takeaways of the week. I will quickly reset the room here. This is the Breakfast with Champions, 7 a.m. Pacific time. David Meltzer's Power Hour. Welcome, everyone. Today's topic is takeaway of the day, takeaway of the week. Everyone is sharing their takeaways. Also, if anyone didn't get a chance to share or doesn't get a chance to share, just email David, david at dmelzer.com, david at dmelzer.com. Let's also take a minute here. Let's share, share with the share button at the bottom, share on text, share in Clubhouse, share on Twitter, share on Facebook. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Dave, do you want to take some more takeaways? Do you want to take some questions on TikTok? Uh, whatever you'd like. I'll take a quick question, and then we can uh, load up another takeaway because there's a ton of questions on the webinar on, uh, of course, all of the different platforms that are confusing me at all times. Um, this one, it says, how can I stay happy when I always feel like no one likes me? Uh, and once again, we were just talking about the nugget of uh, looking outside of us, what we should be looking inside of us. And I was saying that I'd rather people not like me for who I am than like me for who I'm not. And uh, we have not only the fear of missing out, FOMO, uh, but a greater fear than even FOMO is FOPO, the fear of other people's opinion. Um, if you are searching for other people's approval, you will never get it. Uh, you are participating in a perception of what you want. You need to learn to love you. If you love you, if you forgive you, if you are happy with you, then Others will forgive you. Others will be happy with you and others will love you that are at your frequency. You see, when people don't like you, uh, they're protecting you. They're protecting you from other people that are not at your frequency or your vibration. They're protecting you. If people have judgments, conditions, and attacks that are hurting you, they're just protecting you from hurt people because hurt people hurt people. And I see, you know, my need for other people's opinion uh, is one that's extremely detrimental into the acceleration of the trajectory of what I want. I always am open to understanding and participating in that perception only to learn a lesson, but there is no separation, inferiority or superiority created by others people's opinion. I know that if I focus in on elevating my own vibration and awareness, that my frequency is my neighborhood. And some people will not be aware of my frequency and will be propelled by it. I have, you know, some speaking training that I do for people. And I always say the biggest danger is the 10-80-10 rule in speaking. And the reason the biggest uh, problem with speaking or anything that you do is that 10-80-10 rule, which is no matter what, 10% of the people are going to love you. Now, the advantage of today is that we have access to many more people. So the aggregate quantitative number is exceptionally higher than if you lived in some town of 30,000 people, or you just went to high school every day or whatever our closed communities were. When I was growing up, that 10% was a small number. But we have to realize that 10% of the people, no matter what, are going to resonate with our frequency. Now, why is that dangerous? Is because we could speak for the very first time and need to improve greatly before we can reach our potential as far as communication goes and effective communication, motivation, and inspiration. But in our very first speech that we give in front of, let's say, 100 people, 10 people are going to come up to us no matter what we say. 
I use this example at the uh, speech I gave uh, last week in Dallas. I can stand on stage and say the, 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 and 10% of the people will come up to me after 30 minutes of saying the and say, oh my God, that was amazing. The way you displayed patience, the way you displayed consistency, oh, the execution, no matter what I say, they're going to love me. And guess what? 10% of the people are not going to like you at all, no matter what. You could be Einstein Jr., you could be Buddha Jr., you could be Sadhguru or Deepak Jr., and 10% of the people are not going to like you. Now, through consistent, persistent pursuit, the other 80%, determined upon the time, will have an open mind, and you have a statistical chance of resonating with the other 80% in a spectrum or degree. That's why we look for those open mind, open hearts and open hands that are aligned with our frequency, that feel good when we speak and we feel good when they speak. Otherwise, we have no use for other people's opinions that don't like us. There's too many people out there, 7.6 billion of them accessible to you that will automatically, 10% of them, which by the way is 760 million people, will automatically that you have accessible, 760 million, making you the most popular person in the world, will love you no matter what. 80% more, billions, will take consistent, persistent exposure in order to, at some degree, resonate with you. And 760 people on, 760 million people on Earth are not gonna like you. And that's just math. So don't worry about other people's opinion. Let them laugh at you, scoff at you, and make fun of you. They'll eventually applaud you. They are protecting you. And we need to make sure that we don't allow that interference to stop us from our potential, our pursuit of our potential and our truth. Very important lesson, very important takeaway. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing that with us online. We appreciate it. Jake, are we ready to take someone else here at the Breakfast of Champions? We sure are on the Breakfast of Champions. Let's bring up Tracy. Tracy, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Breakfast with Champions. Thank you, Jake. Good morning. Good morning, David. So my takeaway was actually from today when Amelia was speaking, and that is stop trying to figure people out. If someone doesn't serve you, remove your energy from that person. And I'm so guilty of trying to figure people out. And my daughter has even said to me, Mom, you're only you're only disappointing yourself. You need to stop that. So that really resonated with me um, this morning when Amelia said, stop trying to figure people out. If they don't serve you, just remove your energy from them. So that's the way. Uh, that's genius. I love, I love that as well. And, you know, I have a few things that tie into that. Uh, you know, I love people that take time to count other people's money or they take time to, uh, try to, you know, through, uh, guilt or resentment or offense, try to figure people out. They can't believe somebody said, did believe this or that. Uh, you are in control of your energy and you want to make sure on the great chain of feeding that you are feeding people that feed you, that you uh, fall out of the bigger group of people that spend 80% of their time 
on things that bleed them. You don't want to give energy to things that bleed you. And so stop wasting your time with the impossibility of understanding where somebody else is coming from and what they're doing. Uh, so it's one of my favorite takeaways. It's genius, uh, which is no doubt uh, why we had that in our previous show with Amelia. And I want to make sure that everybody feeds those that feed them the energy that they deserve. So thank you so, so much. Uh, Jake, what do you want me to do next? Let's take, thank you so much, Tracy. Let's take another uh, takeaway here on Clubhouse. He Tool is here. Tool, if you can please unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome. Perfect. It looks like he's still muted. So, Tool, we'll bring you back up. Why don't we bring up uh, Mike? Mike, do you want to share your takeaway of the week? Absolutely. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, Dave. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday, Julie. Dave, I was thinking about my takeaway is uh, we were talking to Jocko Energy and Jocko Wilnick's partner this morning with regard to their product and the high level of uh, craftsmanship that Jocko and others in mixed martial arts and uh, jiu-jitsu are and talked about the level of how many degrees of black belt they are. And there's a saying in the martial arts that, you know, a black belt is just a white belt who never gave up. And so whatever, whatever walk you are in life, my takeaway is just don't give up. It's, it's analogous to your consistent, persistent pursuit. And, and so there's that old saying from Benjamin Franklin, when you're going through hell, keep going. And Dave, thanks for keeping all of us going. Happy Friday, everyone. Oh, what a great takeaway. And thank you so much uh, for the appreciation and acknowledgement and the nugget. Uh, Mike Mamola. if you're not following him, he's a great follower as well. But I think, you know, it, it's so interesting because it goes to that empty mile when you were talking about the white belt to a black belt, the people that have black belts in life, uh, they are going the empty mile. Most people go the extra mile every once in a while. And then they use blame, shame, and justification in order to explain why they're not a black belt. And that's exactly what people fall into. The majority of the people go the extra mile every once in a while and they have white belts. And there's very few, the 1% of the 1% that are willing to go the extra mile every day and not use blame, shame, and justification to explain why they don't have a black belt. If you want a black belt, there's only one way to get it. Like you said, do it every day. Enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. And uh, that uh, means that we have to be grateful and uh, forgiving and accountable is what we're doing to participate in other people's perception, uh, to live in the identification of ego, to live in an area where we can identify ego is the ego based consciousness that we are utilizing right now. The meaning that we're utilizing right now, is this something that will positively get me up, get me back up, get me started, get me back started, or is it interfering with me and my potential? So I have to stop, drop, and roll back into what I want, who I can help, who can help me, how best I could get that done, and then prioritize. Prioritization is the confirmation. It is the ultimate confirmation that you know what you want and what's important to you. It is the antidote to procrastination and feeling overwhelmed. We are blessed when we are overwhelmed. There's more than enough when we're overwhelmed, more enough options, opportunities, touches the favor, and then we get paralyzed because we don't know how to prioritize. We get paralyzed because we don't know how to prioritize what's important to us. 
who we can help, who can help us with what we want and how best to get it done, reconciling time with productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. These are the key steps to prioritization. If anyone wants those key steps, this is a practice that I've utilized for the last 14 years, the practices of prioritization to know my what, my who, and my how, so I can maximize my now and apply my why. Uh, thank you, Mike, so, so much. Uh, Jake, I think I'm going to take uh, another question uh, here, and then we'll bring uh, another person up for a takeaway. Does that sound fair? Sounds great. He tool is ready when you are back. Oh, uh, you know what? Let's just take it. We want to reset the room real quick. Have people invite everyone in. Have them email me if they want uh, the books or the guides. If it's free, it's we. Just email me, david at dmelzer.com, my buddy. All right. <laughs> you got it. If it's free, it's we. And Dave, you said enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. That's, uh, that always gets helps so many people. So thank you for mentioning that. And as Dave mentioned, uh, if anyone would like any of his practices or guides or his book, which he'll ship for free, uh, and give you, of course, for free, just email him, david at dmelter.com, david at dmelter.com. Quickly resetting the room here. This is the Breakfast with Champions, Friday, September 2nd, 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Welcome, everybody. This week's topic that Dave is sharing is your takeaway of the week. So if, you're if you have a takeaway of the week, just back channel me or raise your hand and we'll aim to bring you up. Also, let's take a quick second as we've been doing Share the room, continue to share, friends, family, anywhere that you'd like, here on Clubhouse, on Twitter, in your messages. We really are creating the best room here on The Breakfast with Champions, brought to you by, of course, David Melter and also the one and only Glenn Lundy, David's voice double. So thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, let's bring up Heetool. Heetool, if you can please unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome. You thought he was here. Yes, he said he was, but uh, we've got we've got Nina here. Nina, do you want to share your takeaway of the week? Hi, hi, Jake. Hi, David. Um, yeah, my takeaway of the week is never to give up. And just I, I came up just thank you, David. Um, it's taken a while, but finally, I want to thank you for all the energy and time you put in to keep repeating these messages into us. And I think it's finally got into my head and I know how to practice them. So I'm ever so grateful to you and I hope to be um, continuing to learn from you from, and your teachings. So um, yeah, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And I, you know, subscribe to a philosophy when we talk about never giving up. Sometimes it gets quite ethereal. It seems very trite. Uh, it's like, look at the glasses half full. So I try to think of some practical measures uh, to help people. And one of those practical measures that helps people so that they remind, remember, and recollect not to give up is a minutes and moments strategy. I always tell people, look, I give up every day, but just for minutes and moments. What if we only gave up for minutes and moments a day instead of days, weeks, months, and years or lifetimes? And that's the difference. Understanding a minutes and moments strategy of identifying what am I doing to interfere with me and my potential, me and my pursuit, me and my truth, what I want for me, who I can help, who can help me the fastest way to get to where I want to be by helping others get where they want to be or asking other people to help me get to where they are. And then how to get that done, reconciling time with what? Productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. That reconciliation of time is in the construct of never giving up. And when I say never give up, I mean give up for minutes and moments if you have to give up for a minute. 
if you have to take a break. It's okay. But use time to inspire us. Use the man-made construct of time to make sure that we're utilizing a trajectory of acceleration towards what we think we want in the future, being open-minded to change our mind. So if anyone out there feels like giving up, tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to spend minutes and moments giving up. Not days, not weeks, not months and not years or lifetimes, just minutes and moments giving up. And then I'm going to get back to it by identifying the fear to motivate me, inspire me, and then utilizing the fear to get out of my own way. The utilization of fear combined with the minutes and moments strategy will allow you to spend the maximum amount of time in the pursuit, not in the interference or the giving up. What a great thing, uh, Nina. I certainly appreciate you and thank everybody for coming on, Jake. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take one uh, online here. We want to, you know, been doing this in October, believe it or not, Jake, it'll be 23 years. I've been doing free trainings every Friday. And there's just way too many people. Uh, we used to do it at the office to fit into an office and, and get lunch for. But I am still looking for a lunch sponsor, someone that'll buy all of us lunch. I think we're at uh, over 68,000 people on the webinar registered today. We got thousands on all the different platforms. And uh, it's still my favorite group here on Clubhouse with the Breakfast of Champions. And thank uh, Glenn Ludney and Amelia uh, for always being here. And making these hours of power on Friday morning exceptional. All right, I'm going to take this question here, um, uh, which is, God, there's so many good ones here. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, does meditation help you plateau and grow? Uh, yeah, meditation for me, and I'll give you for, for me, uh, my progression of meditation. One, it was resistance, right? I didn't have time to meditate because I made everything happen. Then meditation was practicing sitting still because I couldn't even sit still. So my meditation was just, can I take a few moments and just sit still? Then it became practicing being quiet. So I went from resistance to practicing being still to just trying to practice to be quiet. Then from there, I started practicing awareness, uh, being aware of uh, the different intuition, intellect, and inspiration that I'm gifted as I cleared away the interference by identifying fear and utilizing it in this right mechanism or right mythology. And now my meditation is transcendence. Uh, and transcendence uh, is uh, predicated upon me having a unwinding routine that puts my mind, body, and soul in a position each night, for me, it's 9 p.m. because I want to be completely meditative in my sleep and cleared in my sleep by 11 p.m. Sometimes earlier, but always by 11 p.m. so that I can transcend at 4 a.m. when I awake. And the transcendental meditation that I utilize, which has evolved from one, just simply not resisting good meditation and thinking that I'm in control, but two, practicing sitting still and then practicing being quiet and then practicing awareness and now practicing transcendence in order to plateau and grow by putting myself the night before at 9 p.m. into a position of not only recovery, which is necessary to plateau and grow, but also access. Through my meditation each morning in this transcendence of information and recovery, I now become aware of and can transcend the downloads from 
the period of time that we call sleep where my ego-based consciousness is out of my way, where my subconscious and unconscious are controlling my embodiment in order to receive the necessary information statistically that promotes and protects me. So via my transcendence in this meditation, I'm able to start the next day at 4 a.m. at a higher frequency, a higher vibration, a higher plateau that I can utilize as a baseline to further identify the fear that can either get me back up to the baseline or out of my own way so that I can have a higher level of awareness and enjoyment into my day and utilizing that in the 24 hours that I've been given. Meditation absolutely is the key component to plateauing and growing. Most people, and I've said this many times, live their lives like tubes, food in, food out paycheck in, paycheck out. They don't plateau and grow. They live the myth of Sisyphus. They start each day at the bottom of the hill. They spend each day pushing a boulder to the top of the hill just to have it roll down again in resistance, in ego, in this idea that they're in control. Go through your own meditative evolution. Start at the level and meet yourself where you're at. I started my meditation experience with resistance. I then moved to sitting still. I then moved to practicing being quiet. Then I moved to practicing awareness. And now I am practicing transcendence of accessing the information that I received from the night before by my unwinding routine to put myself in a position to recover and access the intellectual knowledge, the intuitive knowledge, and the inspiration necessary to plateau and grow. Man, I love that question. All right, Jake, we have time for one more takeaway. We sure do. Plateau and grow. Let's bring up Chrissy D. Chrissy, if you can please unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jake. Good morning to everyone. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, David, and everyone on the stage and in the room. Um, David, this has been such a great room. My takeaway for the week has just been this. Don't miss the open doors and opportunities because you feel afraid that you are unqualified because no one is actually qualified until they walk through the open door and actually live out the opportunities. That's my takeaway from the, for the week. Thank you guys so much. This is Chrissy D. I rest my oh, mic. I love it, Chrissy. Get out of your own way for sure. Drop the mic. I can't tell you how many people miss options, opportunities, and touches of favor because they don't think they're qualified for them. They don't think they're worthy of them. They don't think they have the skills, the knowledge, or desire of them. But you got to walk through the door. You got to take one step and try it, learn from it, and continue on pivoting or evolving synergistically to the trajectory of what you think you want. The only thing that can happen when you walk through that door is you can learn something. That's it. There's there's nothing huge about failure, mistake. There's nothing huge about winning or losing. The only thing that can happen is you can continue your journey because your life is about messages. Your le life is about messages or lessons. And the only thing that happens when we walk through that door and leave the comfort zone and get into the learning zone is you learn something but we put so much more to it. 
we put our identity, our label, right? We're not a shampoo bottle. We don't need a label. We don't need judgments, conditions, separations, inferiority, or superiority. We don't even need failure or success. We simply just have messages and lessons. What are you doing to participate in that per perception and what lessons are you learning? Step through every opportunity and door, it, and door if it's aligned with what you think you want personally, experientially giving and receiving and who you can help if it's aligned with who you can help and who can help you. And then utilize the reconciliation of your time to utilize it to be productive, accessible and gracious so you then can prioritize your doors because you're going to feel overwhelmed if you don't have the practice of prioritization something that I want to send to everyone. So make sure you get those practices of prioritization from me, David at dmelzer.com. You got to practice prioritizing. If you don't know what's important to you, you will feel overwhelmed or procrastinate. I guarantee it. You will be in search of a why that you already have instead of applying the why. You are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? What doors are you not taking? Are you not prioritizing in order to effectuate the lessons you need to accelerate and grow and plateau and grow? You are an expansive being. Expand with the universe and appreciate those doors, appreciate and acknowledge them and ask for more doors and prioritize them as such. Man, I love that. I, I, I think that we all limit ourselves by not, you know, one, walking through any doors or two, prioritizing the best door to walk through. I forget the name of the old uh, game show when, you know, door number one, door number two and door number three, uh, but uh, the match game or whatever. I don't know. The price is right, right? At the very end, the, the price is right. Pick a door, prioritize a door, walk through it. The worst thing that can happen is you'll learn something. How great is that? Uh, what a great takeaway. Jake, we got about three minutes left. So uh, I thought maybe you could give me your takeaway for the week and then we could close. Oh, let's make a deal. Thank you. I, got, I love all these platforms. People just give me the right answer. Let's make a deal. Pick your door, prioritize your door. Jake, what's your takeaway for the week? Let's make a deal. And then Dave, if it's okay with you, Colleen also wants to share her, her takeaway of the week. So okay. Let, why don't we, can we start with Colleen's and then I'll finish it up quickly? If we have time, sure. We got two right, minutes. Go, go ahead, Colleen. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. So one of the, one of my favorite trainings that you've done in the past was the 12 rules of being a human, the Sanskrit. And it goes into, um, uh, you know, the lessons will continue to come until you've learned that lesson. So uh, just my takeaway for the week is in an instant, you can close your eyes and find that peace in, in the midst of chaos. Um, you know, it goes, it goes into just like finding your own inner peace and the peace within the world with so much going on around us. Um, I think it's so profound to be able to stop everything that you're doing, close your eyes and, and find that peace within yourself. You know, it goes to the lesson of stop dropping and rolling, um, whether it's, you know, figuring out the interference that you're having uh, through just a daily task, um, you know, an ego-based consciousness or uh, just, you know, uh, needing, needing a moment of silence for yourself. So I thought that was, was a great one. Uh, what a great takeaway it is. And thank you so much uh, as well for participating uh, in that because that's one of my favorite trainings that I give. One of my favorite speeches I give because it can really uh, encompasses life is about lessons. The lessons keep on coming until we learn them. You will forget 
every lesson that you ever learn, but you have the capability of accessing those lessons at any time as you prioritize those lessons to align with the trajectory of what you think you want. You live at ease. What are you doing to create dis-ease? And those lessons are the core component of Sanskrit uh, in the 12 lessons of life the 12 lessons of being human. Uh, and if anybody wants those, they're one of my favorite uh, exercises. I, I'd be happy to send you the 12 lessons of life, the 12 lessons of being human, david at dmelzer.com, along with my book or the prioritization practices. If it's free, it's we. And we've been doing free training for almost 23 years, Jake. We got over 68,000 people registered today online with all the other platforms. I bet we're over 70,000 people. What a blessing it is to share a community of sponsors and power sponsors. I want everyone to enjoy their holiday weekend. I want to give another big shout out to my wife, whose birthday is today, who two days ago on the 31st was our 25th anniversary. I love you. I adore you. I'm blessed to have you in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As well as all of you, Jake, why don't you close out the room? Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, quickly sharing my uh, takeaway of the week. Mine is just finding what you love in others and not looking for what you dislike uh, and, uh, and not like from others. So that is my takeaway of the week. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much all for joining and sharing your takeaways of the week. If you want any of David's uh, guides or practices, just email him, david at dmelter.com. David at dmelter.com. This is the best room here on Clubhouse, the Breakfast with Champions. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.